What's goody, everybody? It's your boy, Leek, from Sports League Podcast. And I'm here with Deidre, and she's here to talk about her career as a publicist for sports. Um, so first things first, let me ask you the first question. Tell us about yourself and your company, and, and who do you represent, and what do you offer? Yeah, so my name is Deidre Pallode. I'm the founder and senior publicist of Mailey Media, which is a um, public relations firm. Um, we work anywhere from... Cheryl Swoops, um, we just did an event during Super Bowl week with Gladiators, which is a Women in Sports Empowerment Summit. Um, I used to work for the American Basketball Association a long time ago. I've done stuff with the Hawks. And then um, I do a little bit of lifestyle stuff, too. Like I work with a conference called MogulCon. I've done stuff with beauty products, celebrity hairstylists, um, Project Runway, a fashion designer, um, cosmetics, exclusive vodka, um, HP, a couple of TV networks. So, yeah. <laughs> You're kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I try to be. <laughs> That's really cool. So you just um, mentioned Cheryl Swoop. So yeah. I was a fan of hers ever since she was a Houston Comet. Wow. Um, she's, you know, she's won championships, gold mm-hmm. medal. So like, she's a Hall of Famer. Obviously, mm-hmm. a Hall of Famer, obviously a WNBA legend too. So like, mm-hmm. come about, you know, meeting her and being able to represent her. You know what's funny? I grew up watching Cheryl because I don't know if you guys know, I played basketball and I ran track at the college level. So, yeah, I I grew up watching Cheryl and just being so in awe about what she did and that triple threat um, with her, Tina Thompson, uh, Cynthia Cooper, like the Houston Commons dynasty was dope. So um, everybody really plays into the social media game, but I'm on LinkedIn faithfully. Right. Right. So um, we added each other on LinkedIn, and I was like, let me see if this is her, because <laughs> yeah. this is Cheryl Swoops. Like, let me see if this is her. So I just shot our message, like, hi, thanks for the connection. Don't know if you managed this page or not, but I just want you to, I just want to say thank you, basically. And she was like, yeah, it's me. And then she was like, I know you do PR. I, I need a publicist. And it took off from there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So don't be afraid of using LinkedIn, people. <laughs> Lesson learned. I'm writing that down right now. <laughs> Never know who you'll meet. Never. So you said you played um basketball and, and you ran track in college. Mm-hmm. What you, you, um, so yeah. I played basketball. <clears throat> um, I've been playing basketball since about three. Um, I got on my first organized team when I was like in third grade, I want to say, but um, I ran track in college. So I went to a two-year school. And the reason why I chose a two-year because, and this is just my own, you know, self-esteem. I didn't think I was good enough. I turned down schools like Alabama and Georgia and Auburn just because I didn't think I was good enough. Like, I didn't think I was the smartest. I didn't think I was the most talented. Like, I just I just was like, you know what? No, I'm going to go to a two-year school. I'm going to move far away from home. I'm going to just rediscover who Deidre is, right? So I went to this program at Highland Community College in Highland, Kansas. When I tell you that city was as big as my kitchen, it was very small, very small. But you know what? I wouldn't change it for the world because my coach, he was so, like, knowledgeable about the sport. Like, he knew every event. And, you know, most major D1 schools, they have a sprint coach, they have a hurdlers coach, they have a jump coach, a throwers. He knew everything. And so I went there just off a of high jump alone because I was a um, in, in high school, I was mm-hmm. a high school champion. But when I got there, he turned me into a pentathlete. 
So that's how good he was. So I'm kind of glad I went there. But once I transferred, I came back home because the Midwest weather, y'all can have that. I'm not, you know, I'm a Southern girl. <laughs> so I came back home and um, Georgia State track coach called me and the basketball coach called me. So my first semester, I was trying to juggle two sports, double major and work. So, wow. yeah, I I had to hang up the Nikes. Like I, I couldn't do it all. And that was like a very <laughs> depressing moment for me. But I mean, just looking back now. It was it was kind of like I feel like it was God's plan. If it was meant for me to be in the Olympics, I would be. So mm-hmm. now being able to serve athletes that I looked up to, I think is a blessing. Yeah, that's definitely a win-win right there. Yeah. So you got offered from Alabama. And then what other schools did you offer from? So I walked away from um Alabama. I walked oh. away from Auburn. Those two were track um offers. And then UGA, we went to a summer camp, my 12th was it my 11th grade year or my 12th grade year? And um, I met with the head coach and he told me I reminded him of his player at the time. Her name was Desiree Bostic. She was like his defensive player of the year. And, you know, he was like, I I want you here. You know, this is my junior year going into 12th grade year, but I was just so nervous. And then my, I'm from a small town, Eastman, Georgia. So we don't really have like the scouts and coming, like the coaches don't really care to, you know, get you out there. So I just didn't take a chance. Like, I didn't have a highlight reel. Like, we didn't have social media back then for us right, to put right. in, the, you know, coaches and stuff. So, my right, coach right. didn't take the initiative to put anything out. I didn't take the initiative to put anything out. So, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go to a two-year. I didn't want to be in Georgia because I didn't want to be away from – I wanted to be away from home. I had just lost my grandmother. Like, I just wanted to be away, you know? Right, right. So, um, yeah, I, I walked away from those offers and – Looking back on it, of course, I'm like, dang, what would I would have been right now? But but yeah. you know what? I think that going to a smaller town, I appreciated home and it made me appreciate just life because well, a lot of people don't understand the most talent comes from the smallest schools. Like the, the bigger athletes that I know and I look up to, they didn't have <laughs> like the D1 training. They don't have like the D1 experience. They're coming from mm-hmm. juniors or high schools or even the streets. So it taught me a lot of things. Like it taught me to be more humble and appreciate just life as as what it is, you know. Right. Uh, yeah. That makes me that makes me think like so you definitely use your be able to be humble mm-hmm. and using your sports, you know, experience, you able to use that in order to strike up a conversation with Cheryl Swoops and LinkedIn. Is that yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Because what's funny is she's not she's not based in Atlanta. I'm based in Atlanta, but she was here on business. And she was like, well, I'll be there, you know, in a few days if you want to link up and talk. And we talked and we went into like, you know, her brand and what she's done. But outside of sports, she has a heart for people. And so we mm-hmm. talked about her nonprofit and all that stuff. So we just connected on ways that I wouldn't normally connect interviewing a prospective client so that's how we connected because we're both former athletes we both come from small humble beginnings she Mm -hmm. lost her mom i lost my grandmother so we connected in ways that was beyond basketball that's what's yeah so speaking of leaving people um a lot of people this week have been grieving over the loss of kobe Bean bryant yeah um i personally i had to like get off of social media for like a couple of days because Everywhere you looked, you saw mem- mm-hmm. uh, memoirs and things that nature. It's like mm-hmm. it's just real. So, like, how mm-hmm. we, how are you, um, one dealing with it, and two, how, what impact has Kobe had on you? 
Um, for me, honestly, I don't cry when, you know, celebrities pass. Like, I don't know them personally. But like I said, I play ball. I knew who Kobe was. I may not have been the biggest fan because, mm-hmm. you know, it's just something about Kobe. Like, he's just too good. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I definitely, it hit me hard Um, because I felt like he hasn't even been out of retirement, not even five years. For me personally, I feel like he was just gone too soon. And to lose his 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 daughter at the same time and to and them, you know, their their teammates, it was just so heartbreaking. And I went on live, I did an IG live, just basically pouring out my feelings. And it kind of hit hard for me because it's Kobe Bryant. It's and not to, you know, downplay any other athlete, but it's Kobe. Bryant, you know, <laughs> Mr. Froby, you know, when you're in the pool and you're trying to play around in the garbage can and act like you're shooting a ball, you yell Kobe, exactly. you know, you know, exactly. we lost that person. Mm-hmm. So it kind of hit hard for me because, again, I grew up watching him and then just seeing the things that he was doing beyond basketball. I just felt like his work wasn't done. But that's mm-hmm. not my call. I'm not God. So I just have to respect that and pray for the families and pray for his wife. So um, he definitely had an impact on me as not only just an athlete, but as a publicist now to see how he's taking his brand from just basketball player to just an overall powerhouse. That impacted me on a professional level to level up, basically, because he he's doing it and he's still doing it, even though he has gone I think the Mamba legacy was still continued. Like this is something that's going to be remembered for ages to come. Right. right. Everyone's talking about Mamba mentality. Like mm-hmm. um, everyone's talking about like how they use the Mamba mentality to push forward through tough times. Yeah. Like, um, for example, last night, everyone was like, Damon, Damon Little, what would you, what, what was, what was it that propelled you to have such a good game last night? He's like Mamba mentality. Kobe would move it all on the floor. And then I would just saw this video of Kobe um, giving Damian Lillard props in his rookie year, saying, saying, like, this guy is serious. He's nothing to play with. So right. everyone's using it. And people aren't even using it in, like, even the sports reference. They're also using it in, like, um, they're nine to five. They're they're going harder. Mm-hmm. They're making sure that they're, they're doing their reports much sooner or much more efficiently. So it's mm-hmm. so to see, like, how he's able to explain be transcendent from sports because he's also he was also an author. He was writing a book. Yeah. He's an Oscar winner too and a Grammy winner yeah. too. So he, yeah. And and like yeah. you said, he was like definitely expanding his brand, which is which is really dope. Yeah. And I and I love the fact that he was one of those players like he cared about the WNBA. Like mm-hmm. Kobe really cared about the WNBA. And when I first found out about the news, <clears throat> the first post that I made was basketball is really going through it because first we lost lost David Stern and now we're losing Kobe and those two men alone had a big impact on the WNBA so it's yeah it's tough yeah especially with Kobe's uh, main quote or um, statement was like he said that Elena Deladon and Diana Taurasi are players that can actually play in the NBA right now Mm. so Mm -hmm. a lot of you know, there's a lot of guys out there that say like, oh, these women can't play. These women mm-hmm. are good to hear people who they ultimately respect in basketball and, and Black Mamba and Kobe saying that these women can play in the NBA. It's, it's sort of like changes the culture. And you just see like how everyone's talking about girl dad, hashtag girl dad. Mm-hmm. He's coaching his, you know, coaching his girls up in the Mamba Academy and all that good thing. So, right. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think that, 
just with him saying that, it should put a bug in everyone's ear. Um, there was a recent article on Essence, and she was just saying that the passing of Kobe should make us even respect the WNBA even more. Um, I was the type of player, I don't care who you is, run one. Like, you could be a man, you could be a woman, you could be a dolphin, like, I'm going to get Like, I don't care. And I think that I respected him from that aspect because he didn't belittle women in sports. Right. Especially the WNBA. So I think that if the more men and more people really took on that approach and took on that mentality, the WNBA would have been seeing the success that they have now. Right. Speaking of the WNBA, they recently signed a, a new CBA where the um, mm-hmm. top players only get six figures. So, like, what do you, how do you feel about that? And do you think it's a long time coming? Or, or is- um, I think it's a step. Honestly, mm-hmm. I do. I do. I think it's a step. Um, I think that we still have a long way to go. Um, I think that, I don't know. I just think that there needs to be stuff done far as, and this is just me speaking from a marketing standpoint. I think there needs to be more push in the PR and marketing department. I think that we need to get people in there that are passionate about seeing women in sports and not just passionate about getting their, you know, salary check. Right. I think we need more creative people. I think that, we need to get more former players involved. Um, I think that, and I'm not just saying that because she's my client, but mm-hmm. I think Cheryl swoops, swoops to have some say-so in some of this stuff that's going on. Um, and then even marketing her shoes in the program or something like that, I think. But I think it's a step, and I think we have a long way to go. Honestly, I will be happy when when we see WNBA um, millionaires. Yes, and that's, yes. That's how that be yeah, so that's just how I feel. I think it's a step. And I think that we're going in the right direction. Um, so yeah, it's a step. We still have a long way to go, though. I like your idea uh, of having um, former players come back too, because in the NBA, you always see like Dr. J or Bill Russell, or you even see Isaiah Thomas, like always around mm-hmm. the game, especially around All Star Weekend, or even just talking yeah. about the games, like color analysts and things of that sort. So yes. I think that's a good idea too, because it just brings everything full circle, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that. When you're creating such a brand like the WNBA, like it's it's rightfully so to bring the people that made it what it was mm-hmm. back into, back into the organization. So yeah, I think like again, it's a step. It's a step. Yeah, I would definitely like to see some yeah. WNBA players like probably like Drew Lloyd, you know, yeah, scroll saying like five million dollars mm-hmm. a year mm-hmm. deal or something like that. That'll be really really cool. Yeah, yeah. So we need some millionaires in the WNBA. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so recent, I just saw on Instagram, not, not to get mm-hmm. like an IG creep or nothing, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> I saw you had a picture with Cheryl Swoops, Karam mm-hmm. Butler, Robert Parrish, and Doug Williams. Mm-hmm. What was that event and like, how did that come about? And like, how cool was that? So, yeah, so they all got honored. We went to Memphis <clears throat> during MLK weekend and the Memphis Grizzlies presented all those people with the Sports Legacy Award in celebration of MLK Day. Mm-hmm. So spent like maybe four days in Memphis and we had a ball. Um, a lot of people, um, they know Memphis as being the the place where Dr. King last was, but it's so much history there. Like we visited the National Civil Rights Museum and that moment was so surreal because I used to live in Memphis, but I always used to pass by it. I never had the chance to literally go inside, but to be inside and to be in the room mm-hmm. and to be on the balcony where he was, and where he was yeah it was it was that real so yeah. it, it was it was like a very emotional moment I think 
I went through every emotional, like I was happy, but then I was sad. Then I got mad just hearing the stories because they go into, you know, Rosa Parks and all these people. So we did that. We visit the St. Uh, Jude Children's Hospital, and then um, they got honored at the Memphis Grizzlies game for the Sports Legacy Award. So it was the NFL player Doug Williams, Karan Butler, Robert Parrish, Chief. Oh, my, he's so mm -hmm. funny. This was my first time meeting him. Gerald Swoop. So really? Yeah, that was my first time meeting him, and he is so cool. He's like the dad that you want. Like, he's really cool. <laughs> like, he, you can't tell him that he's not cool. He's so mm -hmm. cool. Because mm -hmm. he has and such a stone face. He has such a stone face. You'd figure like he's like serious all the time. And, like his name is the chief. So you figure like no. he's serious all the time. No, he is super funny. Like when I walked in with Cheryl, he was like, hey girl. <laughs> it was like so funny. <laughs> He's cool. He's mad cool. Now, don't get me wrong. He's older mm -hmm. and uh, he's very reserved. But at the same time, he's not the type that is like standoffish, like doesn't want to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. He has a sense of humor, too. So it was and all of them do like um, Doug. Doug took us all out to eat and pay for our meal. And Karan, mm -hmm. his wife, were awesome. And Doug's wife was there. It's, it was amazing. It was so amazing. I, it was a, more people there, too. Like Grant Hill was there. They did like a um, panel. Wow. People were there. So that whole weekend was amazing. Um, some of the Pelicans, because Memphis Grizzlies had played the Pelicans that night when they were being on. And some of the Pelicans had came through mm -hmm. the Civil Rights Museum. And I walked by Zion and didn't even realize it. Like he's he's massive. He's like six nine two fifty two sixty five, right? Yeah, he plays like it too. Like that boy, he gonna dominate. Like I already mm. feel that. he's young, and I feel like he's hungry. I haven't seen that in a while, mm -hmm. and that's just being honest. Because the game of basketball to me has changed, but I feel like he's he's hungry. He wants it. It's mm -hmm. bigger than basketball to him. Like he really, really wants to make something happen. I think he's gonna do it. But to walk past him and not realize it, I'm mad at myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you'll definitely bump into him another time. I will. Sure. I will. <laughs> yeah. So, um, since it's Super Bowl weekend, um, mm -hmm. Doug, and you you met Doug Williams. He was the first black quarterback to win yeah. the Super Bowl. Did he have any cool stories to tell you about the Super Bowl or anything in his career? Or um, Honestly, when they did the panel, of course I was working, trying to get photos and all that stuff. But mm -hmm. just hear like the treatment that he got back then and to hear his salary like I think he didn't even make a million dollars his first contract yeah. and I was like what yeah. whoa so yeah but um his story is is pretty cool um and then he went into talking about like scouting and all this other stuff and I have to send you the link they did a panel on all of this stuff so I have to send you the link but um he didn't really go into detail Okay. A lot of stuff, but he's really passionate about going back home and trying to get as many kids as he can. You know, so I will say that. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So um, I want to go back to that same event, the MLK event. So Karan mm -hmm. Butler, he was a uh, champion with the Dallas Mavericks, and they beat they were the first team to beat the Heatles. Mm -hmm. did, he, did he have any like braggadocious? stories about like beating the heat or anything like no that. no actually that weekend was very humbling i think for all of us because we was there on mlk day so mm -hmm. we really were talking about our roots and 
how things have transpired and looking at the world today, like even when they did the synopsis in the um, before the game, we were talking about like racism and how it's still here and we need to do a better job of just loving each other and loving ourselves. So even though we got honored, you know, during, you know, what well, they got honored during a sporting event, I think it was beyond that because of the occasion that we were, we were there for MLK. So we didn't really go into a lot of sports stats and all that stuff. We were talking about life and what MLK did and what Malcolm X did and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. So um, since we can keep talking about the Super Bowl weekend, because it is Super Bowl weekend. Mm-hmm. Talking about, let's talk about Colin Kaepernick. Um, mm. He's a very polarizing figure. There's many who love him, and there's mm-hmm. many who, who oppose him. Um, mm-hmm. And since you are a publicist, how would mm-hmm. you manage a client like Kaepernick? Honestly, I'm Team Cap. I I I, I am, and mm-hmm. it's not just because of you know, just the recent news, but I feel like he has a heart just to say, like, I'm an American and I have rights, you mm-hmm. know, like, why are y'all punishing me for something that's not even that big of a deal, but you right. got people out here murdering mass people and only getting five years, you know what I mean? Right. So, right. with Colin, I think that his team is doing a good job now, because he wasn't even playing, I don't think, for him to have the uh, the Nike campaign that kind of went viral. Mm-hmm. So I think that his team is doing a great job. They're keeping him, they're moving him from athlete to like lifestyle influencer to philanthropist. So I think that's the way I would have did it because although I'm not playing football, it's bigger than that. Like right. this is my life. This I'm fighting for people that look like me and that don't look like me. So their team now, he's doing a great job. Um, I would love to see him play again. Um, but I feel like if this is where you know, God and his team is pushing him. I think he's heading in the right direction because he's making change outside of a stadium. Right. This is something that's going to impact the world. It's not mm-hmm. just going to impact a game. So this is exactly how I will handle it. Keep having him speak. Keep having him, you know, lead these protests. Keep having him just opening up his mouth. Don't don't shut him up. Mm-hmm. So I I think I think they're doing a great job, and that's exactly how I will handle it because we share the same morals and integrity and the same values. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, in the same token, um, Jay Z's also got a lot of flack mm-hmm. the way he's handled the whole NFL partnership. Yeah. Can you speak on like how would you manage that situation or? Oh. I don't know. When I saw it, I had mixed emotions. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. A part of me wanted to be like, okay, Jay-Z is going to come in and he's going to make it right. But mm-hmm. then another part of me is like, Jay-Z is a money man. If mm-hmm. there's money, he's going to find it. No mm-hmm. matter who it hurts, no matter who it helps. Mm-hmm. So I honestly, oh God, that's hard because I'm I'm torn in between the two. Right. Um, but if I was on Jay-Z's team, I would try to make some some life changing, like world renowned changes, like some kind of I don't know if he can do this, but this is an idea I would have, like a tribute to to Kaepernick and Kobe during Super Bowl. Like I'm just that bold, just to okay. just to you know take a dump on their lawn, just to yeah. let you know. Like, hey, I'm here. I hate to say it like that, but that's what I would do. But mm-hmm. I know you have to be careful in those things because there's contracts involved, there's certain things in writing. But I'm very bold like that, so that's probably why I'm just a publicist and not an actual <laughs> brand name that's that big. 
no, I just feel like if he's gonna be in there, especially as a black man, mm-hmm. he needs to make noise, and I mean the right noise. Okay. To make people like really have some kind of respect for him, because right now I am torn. I don't know what to believe. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's hard. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I take that answer. So, keeping up with the uh, the stream of questions, so. Um, are you rooting for the Niners or are you rooting for the Chiefs? You know what? I saw a meme and I said I was going to bring this up in the um, interview today. There was a meme. It says the people that are, you know, participating in the Super Bowl that's cheering for the other team. There was like a small percentage of the Chiefs and there was like a small percentage of the other team. And then like there's this big old percentage. It covered like the half, like more than half of the circle. Mm -hmm. And the captain (laughs) said, we're just glad the Patriots aren't here. So I'm one of those people. <laughs> it's definitely me being a Jets fan. I, I do not like the Patriots whatsoever. So, yeah. yeah. I'm one of those people. I'm just glad the Patriots aren't here. So mm-hmm. long, I don't care who wins. long as the Patriots ain't there. So you're from Georgia. So I'm assuming you're a Falcons fan? You know what? Don't get mad at me. But um, I like the Falcons and I like the Saints. I know I shouldn't Ooh. say that Oh, but the reason being is because, yes, I am in Georgia, but I grew up in Mississippi on the oh. Gulf Coast, We're like 45 minutes away from New Orleans. And Mississippi doesn't have a team. So we cheer for the Saints. Right. So I grew up in both places. So I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> so you're like, you're like yeah. I'm from New York. So you're like a person from Connecticut. Like you, you root for the Jets and the Patriots. You're like you're in between both places. So. It's kind of like, mm. yeah. It's wow, wow. Well, yeah, I like both. I like the Saints. I like the Falcons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so weird. But yeah, I'm sorry yeah. to anybody listening. Yeah, like, like, I mean, they're rivals too. It's not like, you know. It's just, yeah, it's not It's not a hidden rival. Like, yeah. we're openly don't like each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah so that's like a big deal. Wow. <laughs> But I, I do hear, yeah, um, yeah, I know. Katrina, yeah, right after Katrina, I do remember like rooting for them. Like it was like a big heartfelt story. Like, come on, you know, after these, after the uh, Katrina was Katrina devastated New Orleans. I was just rooting for the Saints, and they went went on to win the World um, yeah. went on to win the Super Bowl. So like, yeah, that was really cool. And like, you bring this guy. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like both teams. I like both teams. Sorry, guys. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So speaking of the Falcons, did you see the uh, 30 for 30 for Michael Vick? I haven't seen it yet, but I do want to uh, look at it because <clears throat> I like Michael mm-hmm. Vick. I'm a fan. Uh, I, I had a chance to work with him and his uh, publicist, <laughs> LPS Consulting. Yeah, he did um, Atlanta and him and Big Boy from Outcast. They gave away so many shoes, like Nike shoes to these uh, kids. It was pretty cool. So just being able to meet him and and to see see him and see what he's done beyond, you know, the record that people are trying to keep up with. Mm -hmm. I can't hold that. Mm -hmm. What are you doing now? Mm -hmm. So I'm anxious to see it. I, um, I think that no matter what he's done, you can't deny the fact that he was one heck of a football player period yeah. I don't I don't care you know what I mean so 
And then how he's still in the game, he's commenting and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm team Mike Vick, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. So I can't wait to watch it. I haven't watched it yet, but I, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, it's two parts and you'll have time. So you might even be able to binge it, you know, two parts, okay. yeah. But I also like from the um, the documentary, it goes into depth of like him growing up in Virginia Beach. I'm not going to spoil it for you mm-hmm. or anything, but it goes to him mm-hmm. growing up in Virginia Beach, you know, him connecting to it, you know, the Atlanta community and how he rose from like Virginia Tech into um, being the superstar that he was in Atlanta. You know, mm-hmm. there's a really cool quote from the um, film where Bobby Bowden, the uh, FSU coach at the time, um, said that Mike Vick is the future. And like 10 years from now, you can see a bunch of Mike Vicks playing in the NFL. And now you see a bunch of Mike Vicks playing in the NFL with Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and and um, the MVP, Lamar Jackson. So it's kind of, it's really cool and like prophetic in a sense. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I definitely got to check mm-hmm. it out. I definitely got to check that. So what, what, um, why was it important for you to go get your um, MBA in sports management? Yeah, so um, I just graduated in August, mm-hmm. and I always wanted to get my MBA before a certain age, but <clears throat> I didn't know what I wanted to get it mm-hmm. in. So when I made the decision to trans, um, transcend back into sports PR, I was like, well, you know what? Let me get my sports management you know, degree. So let me learn about the game a little bit more, because I had been gone for a while. Like I couldn't tell you who was playing or what. And I couldn't tell you what new rules had existed or anything like that. So um, it was a personal goal of mine because I wanted to get my MBA before a certain age. And then, disappointingly enough, I could not find a mentor. Um, I'm not the type to listen to Hollywood talk. Oh, yeah, let's get up, meet coffee, ask me anything. Yeah, let's do. No, I'm I'm not with that. If I tell you that I want to come and I'm here, like, I can help you in in turn. If you're teaching me, then that's what what I expect. So I went and did it for personal reasons and because I wanted to just educate myself because I had I didn't have a mentor. Nobody wanted to help me. So God made it to where I went into this MBA program with the woman saying, you're the type of candidate that we look for because of my resume. Mm-hmm. So I was out here looking for people to help me out and I just needed to help myself. Good. Yeah. So, Carol Smith, I'm, I'm just I'm just a big fan of her. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> she definitely broke my heart with um, beating the Liberty. You know, was you know teaspoon having to shoot a high court mm-hmm. shot just to try to stay in the series. So, like, does she? I honestly, even one time, I even saw Tina Thompson, her teammate at Barkley with the Big mm-hmm. Three. So, does she? I know she's like into helping people, but like, does she also like? tell you a lot of stories about playing at the Houston Comets? Um, no, I leave that for the media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't really, we talk about her brand in, in terms of what she's doing now, but I leave that for the media when they want to ask her stuff. But she is looking to do more with basketball. Um, I am working with the big three now to try to get her involved in McDonald's All-American game as well. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you'll be seeing more of her this year. 
Um, but far as her like dynasty, I leave that to the media. And then sometimes people will ask me, you know, what well, can we quote her? And they want to use her for their book or signings and speaking engagements and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But other than that, we don't really talk about, you know, what was because mm-hmm. it's there. You know, you can Google that stuff. We talk about what's what's now. She said something um, recently and I'm not going to release too much of it because it hasn't been released. She was like, people know who Cheryl Swoops mm-hmm. is. That's, that's something that people know, mm-hmm. but who is Cheryl? Mm-hmm. So that's what we're working on. Okay. okay. Yeah. So you said that you worked with HP and um, a few other mm-hmm. companies. What was that like working in different fields? With HP, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was brought on, it was a very new position. So if you ever been inside like of a Costco or Best Buy, people that have those HP shirts right. on, they don't necessarily work for Best Buy or Costco. They work for directly for HP. Okay. So I came in as a field communication specialist and I was basically maintaining those people in the store nationwide. Okay. So I was working with over 900 reps and my job was to send them out communications of what we need to focus on for the week for our sales, in-store giveaways, promotions, new product alerts all this stuff. And I also managed the Facebook page. So it was on the corporate side and it was a fun job because if we had any kind of new technology, guess who was the first to get it? (laughs) 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 But um, it was cool. But um, the program that I was working on, that program ended. So, so did my position in in maybe a few hundred people in the field ended too, but it was a good experience. I'm glad I was able to put it on my resume. What other um what other great experiences do you have being a publicist? Um, there's so many. I think that for me, and this is just my role, and if you know PR, anytime I get that great big press hit, mm-hmm. I'm just like over the roof. Like if you tell me that my client's gonna be featured in Forbes and it goes live and people are reposting it and tweeting it. That just sets my soul like on fire. Like I love it. And then um, even for me, sometimes like um, like doing an interview like this, like when people get to know like who's behind the stars and who's behind the brands making stuff happen, I'm passionate about that as well. Because a lot of times, especially people that don't know, they see the Beyonces, they see the Cheryl Swoops, they see the Cardi B's, they see the Diddy's. But who are the people making them who they are? Yeah. Right. So when anybody can hear my story, that makes me smile, too. Like anytime I get featured and anytime somebody, you know, tells me good job or to tell me that they've seen an interview that my client did or that I did. It, it just makes me happy because it's it's a lot of work that goes into this stuff, as you guys know, being in media. Mm-hmm. So anytime I can get a good press hit or anytime somebody asks me to speak or asks a client to speak. I'm happy. So I don't take any moment as being too little because as a publicist, my job is to bring that exposure across the board. So anytime somebody's interested in me or my client, I'm all smiles. <laughs> <laughs> and that's very true too. I think the public doesn't really realize like you see the stars, but there's a lot of people working behind the stars that are making the mm-hmm. stars, you know, who they are today. So that's really important. Too. Yeah. 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 A lot of people don't know. And I had a program that I'm going to probably relaunch towards the end of the year it's called it's just pr and it's basically telling you what we do and how you need to connect with people like us and all that stuff because it's not it's not a one-way street and i think that social media has the game so confused Mm -hmm. everybody can't be an influencer nobody 
nobody really knows like certain people. You can have a million followers and not have a story. Mm-hmm. So I really like to get into those type of things. And this is not the shade influencers. Mm-hmm. Do your thing, mm-hmm. whatever. But when it comes to the marketing piece of it and things like getting sponsorship dollars and people getting behind, what is your story? People want to know your story. People want to know who you are. So, yeah, I'm very passionate about getting to know people behind the big brands. Right. Oh, now you got made me think. Like, um, Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown, are you fam- you're familiar with like his like recent? I don't want to say debacle, but he's been he's been going through some troubling times right now. Really? Yeah. Tell me, what's going on? Um, he's he's been having issues with the police. He was just on house arrest. He was just, you know, he, he was just oh. cut from the Patriots, the team that we both don't like. But then he's been from, league, from team to team in the NFL. So like, how would you? Okay. Yeah. So. He, so how would you try to like write this ship with him? Like a guy who's just who's just having a really rough time and just trying to find his way back into the league. Honestly, um what is his story? I've heard of it, but I haven't really followed it. Like what happened? Like people are saying like he's suffering from like mental illness, but okay. it's like he was like the top one of the top wide receivers in the NFL for a decade with the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And then he's been having locker room issues with the coach and the quarterback. And then he demanded a trade and then he finally got traded to Oakland. And then in Oakland during the uh, training camp, he like off season, he's been, you know, practicing. And then, and then he starts coming with issues like his feet. And then it's like, he's saying his helmet's too tight. And then after he gets traded and he gets a signs, a big deal with the Oakland Raiders, he demands to get waived so he can go choose a different team. And then the New England mm. Patriots, they, you know, they usually bring in people who, who are, um, I guess you could not troublesome, but like people who, who are misunderstood. They usually bring them in mm. and are able to have them join the, the team and they're able to help contribute in a positive light, in a positive way, and then go on to win a lot of games, unfortunately against my Jets. But then now, um, he he only played one game with the Patriots, and then another controversy came up, and then now he was waived, and he's been um, out of the league ever since. Mm, so this this is this is this is what I'll say about that. <clears throat> Even though I haven't followed him the story, it just seems like he's just doing a lot of outright things, right? right? So first, you got to look at him beyond. I'm a I'm I'm a Christian, so I'm not trying to beat the Bible or sound too religious. But you got to look at people for who they are, which are people. Right. Quit looking at people like a commodity. Mm-hmm. You know, quit, quit looking at people like you know your ticket, mm-hmm. and really talk to the person because he may be dealing with some mental stuff. I don't know, mm-hmm. but have we talked to him, or are we just telling him to pick up a ball and run? Right. So I think that's that that's in not just sports, but a lot of I dealt with that in entertainment. You know, you have people that are really out here contemplating suicide because nobody wants to hear them. They have a life outside of their talent. So for me, I would take the first step just to see what's wrong. Like, let's let's get you into some wise counsel right Mm -hmm. now, because you're doing all this for a reason. Um, And then once we figure that out. I don't know what's going on, but we—he may not even, you know—he may just not be happy in his life right now. Sometimes people need to take a take a take a year off. Big Sean did yeah. it. He said he 
I wish I could. Mm-hmm. I wish I could take a whole year off mm-hmm. and not just worry about anything. Let me focus on Deidre mm-hmm. because too many people are pulling me in two different, too, too many ways. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be, it would be, if it's this bad, take a break. Yeah. You don't owe an explanation to anybody. You know, fulfill whatever contract you have to do, but just take a mm-hmm. break. It, it's it's okay. And, but I think that when you have, and I'm not saying that he does, but when you have so many money-hungry people, mm-hmm. that's not an option. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm his publicist and he's really going through all this stuff, take a mm-hmm. break. Like, we, if I had to say so, because clearly it's something going on. Right. We're, that's why I hate reading stories like this, because we're, we're talking about this, this guy in football. Like, let's talk about the guy. Who is he? What's going on in his personal life right now? Not that he owes us anything. But we need to see what's going on beyond the person. Mm-hmm. So that's just my take on it. And I know that's kind of like so off the meter. Mm-hmm. But that's how I think, because that's how I want somebody to handle me in a situation mm-hmm. like that's You know what I'm saying? So that's just like and, and, you know, God bless the dead or whatever. That's just like if I'm coming up to Vanessa right now and trying to talk business with her. Can you have some respect for Kobe's wife? Right. Like she's going through some stuff right now. And he may just be going through something we don't know about, but everybody's pushing football, so that's all he knows. Right. So for me, I would I would do the personal approach. That's just me. And this is why I outsource crisis communications people because I'm I'm very sensitive and I'm very emotional when it comes to my clients and people, period. So yeah. Okay. And then one one final question. So a lot of people, including including myself, no, let me say that, let me rephrase that. A lot of people um, who are athletes, um, they dream of like, ever since they're little kids to become pro athletes, whatever sport they want to play in. But then we all know that there's a very minute amount of people who do go on to to become Mm -hmm. pro. And I like how you went and stayed in sports, but you did it in a different way. And going to publicist, mm-hmm. like being a publicist, what inspiration mm-hmm. or what, um, or can you tell someone who's looking up to become a professional athlete, but is looking to find a different way to, to still work in sports? Um, <clears throat> you have to find out what you're passionate about. So before I even got into PR, I like media. I like film. Um, when I was in high school, I was the senior producer for my school's news because I like being the one to tell the story. Right. I like operating the camera. I like being able to say what topics we're going to, you know, talk about on today's show and all that stuff. So I had to find something that, you know, I like to do outside of sports. I love movies. Like when Tyler Perry hit the scene, <laughs> call me by. But I loved his stuff. I love this place because I'm like, everybody got a Madea. Everybody got that crackhead auntie. Like, I want to be able to put this on the screen, too. Yeah. So I was able to find something outside of doing sports that I like and I wanted to turn into career. So you have to find something outside of sports, whether it be knitting, karate or coaching, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you have to, you have to think like a human. And when I say human, you have to think like, OK, what if you do make it pro and you break your leg the first game? What's what's mm-hmm. next? What can you do to fill that empty space? Right. Mm-hmm. So you have to think beyond sports. Like, what can you do to make money? And I'm not just saying to make money, but to be comfortable and to be 
happy at the same time because i know people that got careers making millions of dollars but they're not happy so you have to find something that's going to make you happy turn it into a career to where you can still stay connected so for me that was pr right and it could be for you if you have a clothing line shoes target athletes you know Mm -hmm. so it just have to you have to find something that you're passionate about that you're willing to stay connected to the industry make money and be happy and you have to be okay with that i think that kids that want to go pro, they don't think like that. They don't think of building a brand outside of the sport. Like Jordan wouldn't be Jordan if he didn't have a Jordan franchise. Kobe wouldn't be Kobe if they didn't have a Kobe franchise. Mm-hmm. Like they got shoes, makers, books, academies. Like you have to really think about that stuff before you even go pro. And that's that's what I tell my clients too. Like, especially the new ones coming in. Okay, yeah, you may be the star athlete, but what's going to happen when you retire? Right. So you have to think like that and find something passionate that you like. And for me, it sounds so weird when I tell this story. But do you guys remember the show The Game with Tia? Oh, yeah. Maury. Mm-hmm. That's why I became a publicist oh. because the heroine had a publicist and she was working directly with him. She was on the sidelines. She was making him look good. And so I was like, I want to do that. I want to do exactly what she's doing because I'm not playing sports anymore. Mm-hmm. And film and videos, this equipment is expensive. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go dollars. What can I do to stay connected to sports? And so that's when I started researching what a publicist was. I got good at it and I made it work. So you have to really, really find out what you can do and how you can bring it to the game. And it doesn't have to be nothing innovative. Just find out what you're passionate about. For me, even in sports, I was passionate about helping other people. But yeah, I got MVP and best defense, but I also got the sportsmanship award too. Oh. So you have to, yeah, yeah. So you have to be able to find those things within yourself and turn it into a lifelong passion. Wow. Yeah. Okay, okay, MVP. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the long time ago, I couldn't run up a court if you paid really? me. <laughs> I'm so out of shape. Oh. <laughs> so out of shape. <laughs> I'll sit in the corner and shoot. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> well, Deidre, it's been a blast. I really appreciate you coming on. No, thank you. I think this is, has been like the most fun interview I've had in a long yes. time. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I was super excited. I was telling my fiance, I was like, I'm super excited about this hey. interview. Like the question. Like, yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, man, that's cool. That is really cool. You better- Thank y'all so you much, really man. Cool. This is dope. So that was another episode of Sports League Podcast. You can check us out on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Anchor and Apple Podcasts. And that's your boy Leek signing off. Peace.